You're listening to Living in a Material World, and I'm your host, David Prada. Today's guest is Sasha Plasvic. She's a leader in clean makeup, and I'm so excited. We've known each other for over a decade. We're dear friends and colleagues. We've worked together, and I'm so happy to have you on our show today. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for being here. I want our listeners to know a little bit more about your background. So if you can tell us about your background and how you stumbled upon the beauty industry and how it all came about, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think, you know, initially I worked as a creative director for the majority of my 20s, or I worked my way up to that title. And one of my last gigs was at Urban Decay Cosmetics. And that's when I really came into the beauty world, at least more from like a a working standpoint. And I was going through like my own little life crisis at that time. I just turned 30. I'd left the guy I was with throughout my whole 20s and didn't really know what I wanted, but was working as a freelancer at this company that was booming during the recession and thinking to myself, wow, these guys do so well. Yet I actually found myself like thinking, A lot of the products here are amazing, but from a brand standpoint, you know how you like really, you can connect with a brand. Everybody connects with a brand in their own way. Like when something feels like it, you can relate to it. I couldn't relate to where I was working so much. I think that it was just, you know, everybody has different taste and different aesthetic and the DNA of a lot of the makeup brands around that time, I felt disconnected from. Of course, I felt very connected to Chanel and Tom Ford. (laughs) But that was also just like there was something missing in the middle. And I think it really kind of made me start thinking, what do I relate to in beauty? And that was kind of how I think the journey began in me trying to find a space in the beauty world for myself. It's incredible. You know, it's interesting because look, when I met you, I was so inspired because I remember when I worked at Bergdorf's, I had got to meet Bobby Brown on the cosmetic floor when I worked there and she had just launched her like lipstick collection. And so when you came into the office for the first time and I met you, I immediately, all I saw was you are the Bobby Brown of clean beauty. Like I saw it right away in my head and I like was so excited to meet you and start working with you. I loved every second of like that moment. I'll never forget that moment of you walking into the office. And I remember that because I drove down from Canada in my little Volkswagen Golf. (laughs) Yes, I remember. I remember the first time I called you. So yeah, fast forward, I left the job. I moved back to Vancouver, Canada. I hadn't been, you know, home in 12 years, you know, and I had my mom rifling through my makeup bag. I was totally suffering from like acne of which she never had that problem, nor did she have any hair on her body, except I inherited my dad's genes. So I did. So I'd always try to explain to her, I'm like, mom, you don't understand. You don't break out. Mom, you don't understand. You don't have to shave your legs. Why I have to go do the hair removal, you know? So it was always kind of this conversation, but she would say to me, I know I don't understand all this, but you really need to start thinking about what you're putting on your skin and your body. And... That was really where I was like, no, I'm going to do what I want to do because I'm 30 and you can't tell me what to do anymore. But really what I would do is go and research. And that's kind of where, you know, that curiosity continued. And I was trying to find a place for myself in the beauty world. And I couldn't like I could with product. There were some brands out there that I thought, you know, were making great product. They weren't making it in a way that I wanted to 
enjoy it, you know, and the packaging wasn't really where I thought it could be, or it wasn't relatable to my demographics. So fast forward two years later, you know, I went way deep in my head, you know, now we're known for complexion in the industry, and it's a big portion of our business, but I started with lip and it was easy. You know, it's something I think that is like a great entry point for people, but it's also something that I use the most was just a tinted lip balm throughout pretty much like half of my life at that point and reimagining that, figuring out how to do it and then really giving it feeling and a feeling so passionate, I think about creating it. And that's when I, you know, I felt passionate to send a box off to Colette and ABC home in New York. I felt passionate enough to somehow get your number. And honestly, I can't remember how I got it, but I picked up the phone and called you. And I remember sitting at that little desk in that studio suite next to the garage at my parents' place and having a conversation with you. And then a couple months later, I moved down to LA and that's when I walked in your office. It was a kismet for sure. I felt like we, we definitely knew each other in another lifetime for sure. Yeah, I know. I wonder what you were doing. What kind of trade business? Spices? Who knows? Opium? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's interesting because like, I know everyone knows the brand now. And so everyone is familiar with the brand. And every time I like I have friends that check out our website material, they're like, oh, my God, I love Ilya. I've been using Ilya. I can't live without the foundation. They're like, just everyone is so well aware of the brand. So I definitely want to know from you, since you're the expert in the kind of the clean makeup space, what is your view of the difference between clean beauty and natural organic beauty? Where Ilya started was definitely more natural and organic, and I think you remembered that. So for the first five years, I tried to do everything as natural and organic as possible because green beauty was trending at that time. And I'd always worked with a little bit of synthetics. And I remember I was put in a corner whereby people would say, you're not totally natural, you're not totally organic. And I felt shame or I felt guilt over that, that, you know, I wasn't able to create this line to be its purest form. But what I learned was that a lot of categories like eye and complexion would not perform if they were fully natural or organic. So I think I got the courage around 2014 or so to embrace what I'd already been doing and take it much further. And really, that's when Ilya kind of came out with the stance that not every natural ingredient is good for the skin, nor is every synthetic bad. And what Clean Beauty is, it's a thoughtful, conscious selection of the synthetic and of the natural and putting those two together in a way that you're making a really efficacious product that truly works and can rival what's out there conventionally. So that's like, it's the best of both worlds to bring that clean category to the forefront. I love that. You know, it's like in the clean beauty space, it's always evolving and changing. And there's always a new ingredient that's like on the no list and new ones to formulate products with. Do you see anything out there that's going to be the next thing in the clean space? Like the next no-no or the next like new ingredient that you think people will start like kind of jumping towards? I think ingredients are always trending, you know, for us at Ilya, the mission is to protect and revive the skin. So again, like going back to even when everything was more natural and organic before it kind of transitioned to what it is today of more of a hybrid, that was part of our mission. And we look to use ingredients that will protect and revive. So every time we have a brief, every time we are building a product, we have to go back to our mission. That's the mission. And then kind of who we are in many ways is skincare powered makeup. And what that means is that we are looking to choose effective ingredients at an active level to benefit the skin. So I think 
in exploring those over the last decade, there are some that we use that are less well-known like salicornia. It simulates hyaluronic acid. And this is a sea succulent that grows in the marshy lands of next to the ocean. And it really helps to increase moisture over a 28-day period by a huge percentage. So again, it's simulating something very classic like a hyaluronic acid. You know, ironically, if you pair it with a hyaluronic acid, you get that much more of a benefit. So I do think that there's ingredients that will trend. However, what I've learned in the last 10 years is that the tried and true, like hyaluronic acid, niacinamide, AHAs, you know, that's in skincare, even certain retinoids, you know, there are just certain ingredients out there that have had the data and the time, and that can be relied upon and they work. So for us, in many of our products, we incorporate, especially in complexion, just some of those that I mentioned. There's also an ingredient that's FDA approved to soothe the skin. That's a lantoin that can be found in our super serum skin tint. It will be added to one of our other complexion products. And then we have something launching next year, which will also contain it. So when added at an active level for those that experience rosacea, eczema, psoriasis, when you're adding it in there at a, an effective level, they should actually hope to see an improvement in the skin because I believe many of the issues with the skin is usually in relation to inflammation. So we look to find ingredients that will hopefully help to heal or soothe some of that and then refine, which would be niacinamide, and then plump, such as hyaluronic acid. Those are my two favorite. I actually have hyaluronic acid right now on my face. <laughs> it's the one thing I always, you know, I, when I started in makeup, I always loved my job as a makeup artist on the floor was always to make people's skin look like healthy skin. And I think that's what your brand has created for everyone out there. They can make their skin the best version of their own skin while using Ilia. And I love that it's a skincare powered makeup brand. I love that. And I also believe in everything should be a hybrid because I can't live myself 100% of anything. My whole life is 70-30. That 30%, I still, you know, I'm a 45-year-old man turning 45 in a few weeks. And literally, I have to have Botox now. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, and I'm very open about it because I just had my Botox two days ago because I'll be traveling, so it'll kick in next week when I hit the road. And so... <laughs> You know, that's, I choose certain things, but I do love using as brands that are as clean as possible. But I do believe there's nothing out there that can be, give me the results I need that is 100%. No. And like going back to the natural question, you know, it's everything in moderation. If you're to eat wholly clean all the time, like you got to be able to, it depends on what you're, you know, what you want in your life. But I think when it comes to having a balanced life, that's a balanced life. You have to be able to enjoy a little bit and some people can be so rigid, you know, even in their diets and their exercise and what they need to do. I find a lot in this country too, you know, there's just like, I have to work out every day. I have to do this. I have to do that. And we probably all generally feel better if we're doing that. But at the end of the day, you also need to have downtime. Everybody's so go, go, go. And now as the world's opening up again, you're speeding up, you know, we all said we weren't going to go back to this like lifestyle that's so fast, but I believe we're all finding our way there, you know, and what is that balance? You know, what is that 80-20 or 70-30? It's one thing to find it in our product and it's another thing where we kind of have to continue living it in our life. So true. It's like interesting when everything just reopened, all of us travel so much for work. Like I used to be on a plane every week pretty much. 
And then now everything is opening up and everybody's expecting me to be on these planes and in these cities. And I'm like, I don't think my body is used to it. Like I'm like, everything is hurting just because I'm like pushing myself because I didn't move for 14 months, like on a plane or travel. My body's in shock from like being on a plane all of a sudden, like every other week again and being in meetings and running around. And I was like, wow, I'm so out of practice. <laughs> and I'm also out of practice at packing because now I'm overpacking because I have no idea what I need because I was in elastic waistband pants and in Birkenstocks and a t-shirt for two years. And now I'm like, oh, I've got to look put together. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Like we went to Mexico with the kids and it was embarrassing when we arrived because it was just like so much stuff and kind of not knowing how to pack and the stress of the travel. And I think, you know, I mean, on the flip side, I feel like I've been home so much that it was not sitting properly at my desk that essentially, you know, it was causing me problem in the sense that I, I actually had like a pinched nerve I found out about a couple of weeks ago. So it's one thing to be out there moving so fast. And it's another thing to be sitting at home where I feel like, you know, the weight of what you have to do at home, the weight of what you had to do at work, you know, the weight of what I need to do with my kids or, or for the family at all. Like if I can't get away from it, cause we've all been in the house so much, I also realize that's not healthy either. You know, there has to be some kind of in between. So yeah, I have to say it's interesting. Like I get engagement when I do something about beauty and I'm not on social media a ton, but I posted some of my cupping experiences. I loved your cupping experiences. It is hardcore, you know, like I see this Chinese doctor down in Dana Point who somebody recommended and it's like this little hole in the wall where he's been practicing probably for, you know, 30 years and I cannot believe the relief. You know, I've had like massages for years and other things to release tension and stress and I just, I cannot believe, you know, how relieving all of it was so and the energy flow like I feel like when we're sitting and we're working especially having your own business and you know this so like we've both grown our businesses you know and shout out to you like David you are the reason that we were put on the map kind of around the world so thank you for everybody listening like David went on this journey with me in the beginning and we watched our businesses grow and it takes a toll you know and totally it does take a toll. It's a lot of weight. I was trying to explain to someone, you can't shut down ever. I just had my son and his wife here. And, and so I'm trying to be a dad and I'm trying to be a business owner. And I have brand owners calling and I have buyers calling. And it's like, it's nonstop. It's go, 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 go. Then you finally hit a wall. Like I have right now also a pinched nerve all throughout right here. And I used to have one on my leg, but now it's come here through my rotator, all of this. So that's my, that's the same problem. I have it like down the neck and then down the side. Yeah. Yeah. And I can't sleep on this side of my body and it's so bizarre. And so I was going to start cupping, but I'm going away to Europe. And I was like, they're going to like stare at me at the pool wherever I am. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to get cupping when I get back. <laughs> I know it's very Michael Phelps though. He did it too. So, you know, you can look at that if you, if you've been cupped. I love cupping. It's funny, I actually put up a post on social about where to go. And I had so many people, you know, answer me. And in LA, I got actually a lot of suggestions of where to go too. So it's like that and a little bit of I'm seeing like a sports Cairo who doesn't really do any adjustments. We have to move our body. Like I was losing sensation in my fingers. And for everybody out there that's under the age of 40, like you think you might be invincible. And then 
You know, if you keep working and like not taking proper care of yourself, your body will tell you, hey, I've had enough and it will physically start showing you signs of where it's had enough. So yeah, remember to keep moving and and find ways to release that stress. There has to be like, I'm fortunately yesterday I went, went, got an IV, I did an ice bath and then I'll go to the chiropractor later on today to just a few adjustments. And I still like do all my exercise. I just haven't been able to do my cardio, which is where I keep my weight down. The cardio makes me like have that chubby potential goes away. You look amazing. I have to say, like, you're looking oh, so good. So you did start so taking sweet. care of yourself, too, because I remember you're like, I'm not taking care of myself. I wasn't. In my, especially in my late 30s, going into my early 40s, I was still going, going so hard that my body gave up on me and I couldn't move. And then that's when I had to wake up and go, you know what? That email and that call is going to be there. I'll take care of it. But I've got to make that hour in the day to step out and go see the chiropractor, go see my acupuncturist. You know, I have to make that time because if not, I won't be able to continue doing what I do. And I love it. I love what we do for work. It's like I will never want to retire, I don't think. You know what I love about you? Someday my dream is to have a coffee book of all my favorite female founders that I've worked with. And Asoline will definitely be my publisher. And it'll be the most gorgeous coffee book of all my favorite founders. And so I always think about this because you have so much integrity. My favorite founders are such entrepreneurs. They're not scared of going out there. You were never scared to go visit stores. You were never scared to go into stores and do makeup. You were so hands-on from the beginning and you have so much integrity in what you do. And you were the first in color really focused on sustainability and worried about your aluminum packaging. And you were doing it before it was even a discussion. I definitely want to have, see what your take is on like sustainability and the clean world and all of that, because you were doing it, you were acting on it before it was even a conversation. So to talk about sustainability, I think that in the beginning, it was always a core part of who we are. I would say that the product led everything, you know, and it took time to get to that clean formulation, probably the first five years. And the packaging was still holding elements of recycled aluminum. But honestly, like when I asked to push it further, the industry wasn't really there yet, nor was the vendor. Only in the last two years have we started to see those changes. However, I have a strong viewpoint that in color, it is really challenging to do sustainable packaging, of which we are currently in the process of reverse engineering a lot of our packaging and moving towards monomaterials. So it definitely won't be glass all the time, sometimes, but depending on the product, if it's really small or it's a crayon or it's a lipstick, you know, what are the possible materials that we can work with that will have the least impact from the beginning of the cycle to the end of the cycle? So PET, for example, is a renewable plastic whereby you can recycle it almost infinitely. Like you have a lot of times that you can recycle there. And to me, we are trying to build, it's important to build components that can be recycled or remelted and reused. So that's something that I believe the whole industry needs to move towards because doing things out of recycled plastic is great. It's one checkpoint where you get to recycle something, but then where does that go? To me, it's like it's ending up then back in a landfill and it will have a bunch of different plastics in it and you can't use it again. What is it to be truly sustainable? I think there needs to be a much bigger discussion around it. There needs to be reality around it, if not just greenwashing, so to speak. Okay, we're doing it this way. Like for us, I say to my team, if we're going to do it, we got to do it right. We won't do it perfectly. And we just have to start taking the right steps. So, you know, the beauty industry is one of the biggest polluters out there. 
we all have to have a conversation around a big table and say, how can we make these changes? One of the things we're doing from social responsibility standpoint is we are partnering with 1% for the Planet. We'll be making an announcement soon. And One Tree Planted is the organization that we're looking to have as a leading partner over this next year, whereby, you know, on Earth Day, we actually partnered with them. We'll be planting 51,000 trees for 51 years of Earth Day in South America. And in certain areas down there, there's so much of South America that needs to be reforested. And yes, the world in general, but that area of the world is really what helps to clean the air in the rest of the world. And I believe if we can reforest there as a starting point, it's kind of the root cause to many of the other things we're seeing happen in climate change. So that to me is like, this is a really interesting fact for those that have watched A Life on This Planet with David Attenborough. You know, in the 50s, I think 68% of the world was covered. That number may be a little off. Somewhere in the 60s, I think it was the mid-60s. Let's say 68% of the planet was covered in nature. Today, it's roughly 26%. And the population has grown so much. We've cleared so much of our natural resources to see these crazy heat spikes, you know, Texas freezing over um, half of Canada in the province I you know, grew up with in British Columbia was like half of that area was on fire just a couple of weeks ago with temperatures up to 50 degrees Celsius. And to me, it's like there's definitely change that's happening. And we have a responsibility to look at how we can help to reverse that. And to go back to the question, the most simple thing any company can do, I think, is start to reforest because government regulations are not there yet, you know, and to go and make an impact there, I think, is really challenging to have change at a government level. But we can individually make changes to our world that, you know, little by little, little becomes a lot. And yeah, so One Tree Planet is really our our focus from social responsibility going forward. I think that's great to hear because, you know, it's close to 70% of our carbon emissions are caused by the beauty industry. And so hearing you having your own take, having a solution and something to give back from your company and yourself makes a big difference. And, you know, we were talking about our nerves, our own nerves on our body, but I think Mother Nature and all this that's happening in the world is like, she's exhausted too. The planet is exhausted by what we've done to it over the years. And so now it's in shock. Like, I've never felt humidity in L.A. before, and it's so humid here now. I was in the East Coast for the 4th, and it rained every single day, and it was chilly. I was like, what is going on? Everywhere I'm going, it's so different than 10 years ago or 5 years ago, and it's happening faster. It's like having an impact. You know, I was also talking to my team. I was like, how do you feel about like the government getting involved with like regulations and all of that to help with this in the future with even like also with product and packaging and all that? Do you feel that that would help or no? Oh, how do I feel about that? I think that they have to. I mean, I think we'll get to a point where there's so many changes that need to be made. Like even just from a recycling system, so many things. I don't think people realize this. Like if your products are less than three inches in diameter, they won't get recycled. So when they're getting sifted, so you think you're putting something in the recycling bin, even if the product says you can recycle it, if it can't be cleaned properly, it actually doesn't make it into the bin and it ends up in the landfill. That's in the state of California, you know, it probably varies state to state. But the recycling, the mindset around it of how things are getting recycled, I think there needs to be laws on how you're allowed to make things. Like when you buy something, even for kids, like there's like six layers of plastic wrap, you know, that are wrapped around something. And do we really need all that? We didn't have that 60, 70 years ago. And 
you think about like how many people in the world are and how many people are buying things like that every day. And it's maybe it's multiple pieces a day per person. The world can't handle it. I believe the biggest crisis of our time is the climate crisis. It's not climate change. It's a crisis. And for us at Ilia, we're looking at lots of ways to be able to offset what we do. I don't think that being completely carbon neutral is easily achievable or zero waste. I, I don't think that really exists. If you have a company and you're producing and creating product, you're creating an impact. So what can we do to offset that impact? How can we help? You know, And every company should, by law, eventually have to have a responsibility in that area. I agree. I actually, we've been asking our brands to create decks around it. Like we want to present to all of our buyers and all of our partners, like decks around sustainability, on recycling and what we can do to make a difference. I've been in the beauty space 25 years. I can't imagine how much everything I've sold has ended up probably in these landfills. So I feel kind of obligated, like the next 25 years of my career, if I can make 25 more years, I want to make some changes. And I want to help make the changes in the industry as well. Yeah, we so with that, you know, I go to sleep at night and our purchase orders have obviously dramatically increased from where they are, you know, when you and I started, it's like, oh, they ordered 10 units, you know, and it's like, oh, now they ordered a million, you know, and it's just a really different place to be. And it's exciting. But to me, I think that's so much product. And so one of the programs we offer, it's currently with TerraCycle. And there's a few more coming into the market, which we will be exploring, whereby we send a complimentary label to our customers. You can go on our website to the recycling page and you can put in your empties, whether it's ours or another beauty brands, because we should be responsible really for that industry as a whole. And you send it back to us, we will empty them out. And then it gets so many big boxes every month. We're sending several, you know, a month or going back to TerraCycle. They're recycling the hard to recycle. And so recycling the hard to recycle, because as I mentioned, a lot of the things you may think are getting recycled or not, they break it down as far as they can. And then we know that there's some more responsibility being taken there for the waste that we are creating. I think there's also other department stores and beauty stores that are also using TerraCycle as well. I just want to know if the consumer is doing their part as they're purchasing all this. I hope that they know that there is options to recycle all of these components. And I think we work closely a lot with Nordstrom's and other department stores, and they just put them in their, their cosmetic department. So people can just walk in and just drop them off in there. And I think other you know, larger retailers and e-tailers are doing it as well. And I think consumers should just partner and buy product from companies like Ilya or other department stores and stores that are actually have a recycling component to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, well, hopefully, you know, it's even if it becomes a trend, which I think it is becoming in some ways, that's a great thing, you know, to have happen because all that does is create more awareness. It helps elevate the awareness of what needs to happen there. It brings the brands and the industry together in alignment because if we can get alignment there, you know, even if it starts from the bottom up, going up to some of the bigger giants in the industry, I think that it can be very impactful. Now that we've talked so much heavy stuff, let's have a little bit of fun. I have a, a moment that we call living in a Sasha world, like living in a material world. So I'm going to do a rapid fire question round. So it'll be a little bit more fun. If you can only have one snack for the rest of your life, what would that be? I think that it's probably my kids' cheese puffs. <laughs> 
I feel like I'm always the one to break in there and eat them first before them. And they're just so satisfying. Love that. How long does it take for you to get ready? That's variable. It can take anywhere from five minutes to an hour. But on average, I would say it takes about 30. Well, that's fast. Yeah. And like that's sometimes washing the hair too. And if I don't have time to dry it, I'll like throw it back into like a low bun and it's kind of slick back. But makeup, like literally five minutes all the time. Five minute face. There's no extra time. Oh my God. You're going to be like the Rachel Ray of makeup five minute face. Love it. <laughs> uh, from a scale of one to 10, how good are you at keeping a secret? I think it depends. If somebody asks for confidentiality, I'd say like 10. You know, otherwise, if it's like loose, five. <laughs> I'm kind of exactly that same way. Are you more a lipstick or mascara if you had to choose? Lipstick. Pop of color. Love that. Me too. Neutrals or colors? Color. Favorite vacation spot? Mexico. Where? I do like Punta Mita. I think that it's a really cute little town and you can get out of the hotel and go to some of the restaurants. And it is a vacation of which like there's, you know, you, especially because we're with our kids, you want to be able to like go to the beach and go to the pool, you know, as far as an adult vacation that has yet to be explored, but I'm thinking it's going to be maybe somewhere on the creation coast next year. Mm, my, actually my boyfriend's leaving on Sunday. He's going to be on a yacht in Croatia. With his agent, he's taking him. I, I wasn't invited, so I'm actually going to be going to... I'm meeting the owner of Sasha Wan in Puglia. I haven't seen him in two years. Then I'm going to Paris to do some work and see a few of our brands. And then I'm going to go to Ibiza to my girlfriend's house. He'll meet me there for my 45th birthday. But going back to the quick rounds, Dream Beauty Raid. Whose cabinet would you raid for beauty products? Oh, that's a good question. Probably share. <gasps> she has some good ones. I think it'd be like more curiosity. Like, what do you have in here? Sure. <laughs> What's your ride or die beauty product? And this is a bit of a plug, but it's our Super Serum Skin Tint SPF 40. I think it's it's that all-in-one clean makeup, skincare plus SPF. And I really feel like it gives the right hydration, but it still makes my skin look like skin. I don't feel like it's really heavy. And yeah, I don't think I could live without it. I think that product has changed the makeup category altogether. Everyone is obsessed. Anyone that's ever tried it, they can't get enough of it. Everywhere I've gone, I was in Careyes, and my friend who let us stay in her villa, I went to her bathroom. That's what she had. I was like, should I take a picture? But I didn't because I didn't want to look like a weirdo because I love doing market research in people's bathrooms. <laughs> I'm like the guy that looks in the shower and see what shampoo they have. That's your job. You got to know. You got to tell them to get something from you. But when I saw it, and I was like so happy because like she's like very particular and fabulous. So I was like, of course she's using it. And what's your favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote? Put on some lipstick and pull yourself together. I think, is it Elizabeth Taylor? I think it might've been Elizabeth Taylor. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Lipstick and pull yourself together. I love that. It's a good one. Sex on the first date. Yes or no? <laughs> Depends on the person. <laughs> if it feels right, why hold back? You know, I had a friend who just told me that she was like, yeah, I waited six weeks because, you know, I didn't want to think that he could have it too soon. It totally backfired for her, though. I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, you could be dead in six weeks and live a little. Go enjoy yourself. I agree. When I went on a date with Dennis and nothing happened on the first day, I was like, was this a date? <laughs> 
did I, oh, was this a work dinner or is this a date? I'm so confused. It took me a while because we didn't hook up for a while. And I was like, I think we're just friends. Traditionally, that's like, I think better for the most part to get to know somebody. And then like, and then it gets more emotional as you kind of go into it. But I don't know if there's like a right or wrong way. There's no right or wrong. I feel like just do what you feel like is you're supposed to do in the moment. Yeah, that's everything. So going back to the industry in the future, what do you want to see change the most in our industry besides what we just discussed? I think more awareness around how we can create less waste. And it's not even that I just want to see that in our industry. I think we need to see it in every industry, in the food industry and how things are packaged. To me, the most exciting companies out there today are those that are being really innovative in their materials that will create less waste in the world. Because, yeah, if we keep going at this rate, they're really, the writing is on the wall. I have children. What will the world be like for them in 30, 40 years? Will they be able to have children? You know, and I think, you know, what we've managed to do to this planet in 200 years only, outside of 2 billion years or how many, ever many billions of years that it's been around existing in, it, in its entirety on its own just fine, we've really effed it up in 200 years. So I think that there has to be you know, a real focus towards how we can reverse or stabilize what's happening. So true. It's my biggest fear is always because I talked to my son. I was like, oh my God, by the time I have grandkids, what's their world going to be like when they're my age? What's their world? Are they going to be able to swim in the ocean? One of my favorite things to do. Are they going to be able to like go into the forest and run around? And for me, it's just like, it just breaks my heart just thinking about it. Yeah, we have to make those changes as parents, as future grandparents, as industry leaders, and really speak about it and make it something that we bring to the forefront always. And you were one of the first people to bring it all to my attention. So I thank you for that because I wouldn't have been thinking in that direction until I met you. And then I got more into just more kind of clean living and more, you know, I come from the world of heritage makeup and skincare. I started on the floor at, at Bergdorf's and Barney's. And, you know, for me, the brands were like, you know, Bobby Brown and Laura Mercier. And so then when I started working with you, it's like, I started thinking like, oh my God, the future is so bright. It's no longer these brands that have these massive counters in these stores. Like people are really making a difference and creating products for the right reasons. And now like brands like yours are making companies like Estee Lauder and L'Oreal and these big, big companies really focus and change what they're doing. And we need them to change because they're the ones putting out so much product out there as well. We do. And that's like, I think, yeah, what I said earlier, you know, kind of going like a bottoms up approach, you know, that you're going from like smaller businesses that are hopefully, you know, getting to hit the ears of those at the top and create a partnership that can create change. Love that. You know, when I started Materia, which is our website, we created it because it means matter in Latin. And so we, of course, will never have 100% all clean products on there because I also believe that you need to have hair products that can also function too. Like, you know, like we have very clean hair products, but like some of them that are 100%, like literally, I don't have that much hair. My hair would be weighed down. It's like terrifying. I would have to wash it every eight hours, you know? And so like, I have to have a balance of it all, but I also feel as though a lot of them are making a difference in their packaging and they're changing and they're shifting. And even our home fragrance category, I have one of the oldest candle brands and, but you know, people forget that our glass is hand blown that you can reuse as glassware. Like I have so many of my 
so you're trailing candles that I reuse for just water. And everyone's like, these are so beautiful. I'm like, they're my candles. I reuse them all. They're the larger candles and make them buckets for plants and flowers. And, you know, I think it's about really kind of when you're purchasing things in our industry, just thinking about which brands are making a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I really do. Like we're seeing so much shift there. There is so much positive shift just in the last two years and reestablishing some balance and, and thoughtfulness and awareness, you know, being able to be thoughtful and aware in that area and being open-minded to how things can change and improve. I think that's, uh, that's the direction we're headed in. Before we wrap this up, I do want everyone that's listening, they probably want to know what your beauty routine is. We know it takes you 30 minutes, but what is your morning beauty routine and your evening beauty routine? Well, going back to a little bit of, little bit of health, like if I exercise, I feel like my skin looks so much better. So although that being said, like sometimes it's beet red, I do spin maybe once a week and then I have to try and cover that redness up before that meeting when I'm rushing in that 30 minutes. But I think getting blood to the face really helps the body and the complexion. So that's almost like microneedling or something. <laughs> if you can do that in the morning, it helps to really plump the skin. So that's like one beauty regime that I think is from the inside out. But from in the morning, um, I do use New Face. I really believe in microcurrent. I think it's amazing. I use probably a couple times a week. And then it's very straightforward. You know, I use a hydrating essence at time. I like the one from Tata Harper. Uh, Indy Lee has one. There's several that I like to kind of play around with and test, but something to kind of open up the skin. And then I'll move into our super serum skin tint with the SPF. I use a little bit of concealer, probably a brow pencil. I won't say too much, but you know, testing some of those right now. A mascara or limitless lash mascara and a multi-stick or balmy tint where I'll just go on lips and cheeks. So like a lot of the products we have are convertible and we say, you know, wake up skin, make up the rest. So I want my skin to look and feel alive and I kind of make it up as I go along, whatever I have time to do. On days that I want more, I'll be more playful. But on days that I don't have time, it's just a few products to pull it together. You're also a business owner with two young children. So it's like you're a superwoman. To be able to do everything you're doing and still have time for yourself is really hard. You know what? The boundaries are really important that you carve out over this journey for me. It's I was invited to so many more things in the past, too, from other founders. And I still am to a certain extent, but I'm more of a hidden founder that way where I had to decide can I put my head down and do this business and be with my kids? Yes. Can I add on more social events to that and put myself out there? No. I kind of had to make the decision that, you know, I'm really actually proud of how far we've come without me having to be out there in a big, big way because everyone said, you know, that I needed to. And I, I am to a certain extent, but I also really put the kind of the the product and the the family first. So the boundaries, and I think you've probably learned that too, of being able to carve out your own time. Because if you don't take care of yourself, how are you going to be able to grow what you're building, right? It's the boundaries, and it's also key is your business and your family. It's like family is so important. Those years fly by, and if you don't take the time to do that, you'll regret that. And I love that you're doing everything. You're an inspiration to anyone wanting to create their own brand and wanting to have the balance of a perfect life. Because you do, you have, you have a beautiful, beautiful life and a beautiful family, your mom, your husband, your girls, like you're a great mother, you're a great friend, you're a great wife, you're a great boss, you know, so you're definitely like the epitome of boss lady. <laughs> Listen, there's like a lot of failures on the side. I feel like in this Instagram world we live in, there's everybody's putting forth this like beautiful life and 
there's like a lot of bombs, you know, that go off or like ditches that you fall into. And I think people should know that 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 happens everywhere. And I'm so lucky for where I'm at now and I have the right support. And I look at, you know, again, always like a single mom or somebody who's like struggling to pull all that together for their kids. And those are my real heroes out there because they generally don't have that time to themselves. And so how lucky am I to be able to have created that space and I'm grateful for it. I really, I took it for granted before kids. I'm really grateful for it now. That's a perfect way to wrap this segment. Sasha, where could all of our followers find you on social media? Where can they find you if they want to know more about Sasha and more about Ilya? Well, more about Ilya, of course, I'm going to direct them to the business. You can find us on Instagram at Ilya, I-L-I-A beauty. And then for myself, it's just my name at Sasha Plavsik. You can find us there. You are incredible, Sasha. I'm so blessed to have you as a friend and as a colleague. And we're going to have to make a date where I can come down and catch up and see you in person because it has been a few months since I saw you. I know, I know. Or I'll come up to LA and we can like go out for dinner. Come to the city, come visit. I love coming to see you because you like live in my dream world, which is like Laguna. So your beaches and everything are so beautiful there. It's pretty, it lacks a little bit of culture, which you know how I feel about, but with the kids, it's nice. But yeah, I'm always like, I want to go out now. I feel like the itch to get to a city a little bit more. And now that everything's kind of opening. Well, I thank you for being one of my first guests on my podcast. And I hope to have you back on here too soon. And I love that you're working on possibly a brow pencil. I'm thinking. I love hearing the secrets, but uh, it's always good. It's You have a brand and you've taken over a category that needed to be taken over. And I'm very proud of you so much. I actually always tell any brand founder, I was like, you've got to follow the footsteps of Sasha. You've done everything right. And you did go out there enough to show your face. A lot of people don't ever do that. And you make yourself present for your partners and you make yourself present for the right people, the people that matter. Oh, thanks, David. Thank you for having me and absolutely love you. And I know so happy to have, you know, done this journey with you and for you to have been a part of it. And I don't know for us to still be connected and watch where each other is going. And I adore you. I love you. And thank you again. Thanks, David. Really great to be here. Thank you for joining us on Living in a Materia World. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For incredible content, visit us at materia.com or follow us on social media at materiae.